wish it was a little more buoyant. I guess it'd be the way to describe it. The Jays losing 12-6 to the Texas Rangers today. Not only will 162-0 not happen, much to Barker's chagrin, <laughs> but the Jays will not be able to pull off their first 3-0 start since 1996. Uh, Kevin, it looked like they were going to do that early. Big lead, 6-1. And what happened in the fourth inning to my baseball game? Well, look, you know, I think Ryu got off to a decent start. We, we knew coming in that his changeup command had to be really good. It had to have sink and fade to the arm side. You know, if a lot of people don't know what sink and fade means with him, he's got a couple of different change-ups. You know, he wants one to go one to seven on the clock. He wants one to fade away from the righty into a lefty. He was decent with that. He threw 16 change-ups today. He threw 10 for strikes. He had two punch-outs on it, you know, and, and – uh, that that was okay for me. It was exactly the same thing as it was last year. At the end of the season, we saw command of the cutter and command of the fastball. You know, it was okay the first three innings, but in the fourth inning, for whatever reason, he just had a real tough time of getting it in there. Right? It's he has to be the guy that has the tunneling of the two different fastballs, the fastball into a righty, and the cutter that tunnels off the same plane as the four seamer. With that late life to it, he can elevate it. He can get in on the the hands, so he doesn't have to be as fine with the changeup. But it's you know it, it was it was an okay start. He did some good things. You know he faced 17 batters. He threw 10 strike ones. His velocity was solid. He threw four different pitches for basically the entire time he was out there. The velocity was the same on all those. Uh, he had an effective curveball that we didn't see a ton of last year. He, he brought that in. Today, you know, he had one strikeout on that. So if he wants to build on a little something, you know, he can go back and look at those kind of things. But knowing the way he is, that fourth inning will, you know, that will keep him from getting some sleep tonight. And, and they'll make some adjustments, and they'll come back his next start, and he'll be he'll be that much better. Yeah, and, and you know, let's be clear about Hyunjin Ryu. I uh, finished third in the Cy Young Award voting in the uh, COVID-shortened 2020 season. 2021. Uh, he did not have a very good August and September, and nor did he have a particularly strong outing in that one playoff game. Now that was, admittedly, that was against, that was against, uh, that was against Tampa, and, and you know, 2020, as I said, was a COVID, a COVID season. But Kevin, this, the the game started out off well, in that one of the, one of the reasons the Jays were so excited to have Matt Chapman or to get a def- uh, get a defender like Matt Chapman is because all you have to do is look at the, the heat map. All you have to do is look at, at, at where most of Hyunjin Ryu's grounders were hit last year, and they were hit they were hit to third base. And, you know, I did a did a breakdown on social media of the number of different third basemen Hyunjin Ryu's had behind him since he's been here. Santiago Espinal for 18 games, Kevin Biggio for 12, Travis Shaw for 7, Kevin Smith for 2, Jake Lamb for 2, Brandon Drury for one and Bravik Valera for one. And we saw in the first inning, I think, the difference that a guy like Matt Chapman can make defensively for Hyunjin Ryu. And then, of course, Matt Chapman contributes offensively as well. But uh, as you said, I, I'm he- I hesitate to use the phrase he ran out of gas in that inning. You know, because it's not like we're talking a guy who goes from throwing 95 to 82 all of a sudden. But it, I, I don't know if that's... If, 
if there's another explanation for what we saw happen. Today. Yeah, yeah. See, see, I, I'm not sure that running out of gas is the right thing. I think when you All run right. out of gas, you see the velocity start to, to go down a tick. We didn't see that. You know, the fastball was mainly 91 miles an hour. The cutter was in that 89 to 91 range. Uh, you know, you know, his his cutter was. It had enough movement to it. It's just for whatever reason, when he first got to be a Blue Jay, we saw the quicker in-game adjustments. You know, he if he threw a ball and it wasn't right, you could see he'd walk around the mound, he'd get the ball, he'd rub, he'd rub it up. He knew exactly what he did. He wouldn't do that same thing again. Now you're just starting to see more of when he, right, he gets it to where it, just seems like for whatever reason he just doesn't know how to correct it. it it'll go where it, well, it, it goes he leaves it out over the plate he gets hit hard and it just seems like he's puzzled on why he just can't get it in there where he wants to get it, it it's ultimately going to come down to if he's going to have a good season he's got to figure out how to make some quicker adjustments in game you know he did uh he walked two guys to lead off the the third inning he walked a, a guy up four runs the fourth inning he walked a guy up five runs that's not Ryu. So that in-game adjustment has to be a little bit quicker. And can he do that? That's the question. Is, is it mechanical? Is it confidence? Whatever it is, he needs to fix it. The quicker he fixes it, the better he's going to be as a pitcher and the deeper he's going to go in games. Because we can't continue to see the Merriweathers and the Striplings. And, you know, David Phelps was good. But Saucedo, that's a lot of pitchers to think you're going to run out there and consistently win games. So, I think he'll. He's look. He he looked different to me out there. He he's his body type's a little bit better. He looked like he was in in better shape. He wasn't laboring out there. It didn't look like he was breathing or anything like that. It just looked like, for whatever reason, like it was at the end of last season. The in game adjustments weren't there. Yeah. Listen. The the the, the first the first three innings of uh, of the start. You know, absent that that home run that he gave up. To Nick Solak, he he looked he looked locked in, locked in. He and Danny Jansen looked as if they were on the same page. Uh, boy, you know, I was going to say he did he did a nice job against the top of that order. That half a billion half a billion dollar worth of the top of the order for this team, Semyon and Seager, didn't do a great deal in this game. Although Seager, we got to talk about that base that base hit he got to drive in the go ahead run with the uh, with with the broken bat. But yeah, the, I like the way he handled Semyon and, and, and Seager. And when I saw him get through that first inning, five three six five three, I thought, this is this is the guy. This is what Hyunjin Ryu looks like when he's contending for the Cy Young Award. Yeah, it may be too. Uh, Danny's going to have to make some adjustments, give him a bigger target on the inside corner, the inside part of the plate against the right-handed hitter. Maybe just can't get it in there. Maybe, maybe this is what the what the the back nine looks like for Ryu. It's not the velocity. It's not the break on the breaking ball. It's not the arm speed. It's the location into a right-handed hitter. Maybe that's it, right? It's the the and that may be where Danny's starting to, because if you notice, you look at it on TV, if you're watching it, it's a really small target. It's, it's not, you know, it's not like he's got a ton of room for error. And if he, he misses just a little bit out over the plate, that's going to get hammered because it's only 91 miles an hour. And like I said, his cutter was anywhere from 87 to 89 today, which is a decent pitch on velocity. But if you're missing location, it's down the middle of the plate going to get hit hard again he he can build off of what he did today it wasn't awful outing he had one bad inning right the mm-hmm. first three were good the breaking ball was good like i said he was throwing the change up for strikes 16 he threw 10 for strikes he had two punch outs on that he could build off that that should give him a little bit of confidence but 
Him and Petey got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to get it in. Get it in consistently, throwing strikes, tunneling those two, the cutter and the four-seamer for strikes, not not non-competitive pitches. If they're non-competitive, it's a useless pitch. They will. Petey's good enough to figure out what he's doing. They'll try and correct it, and hopefully he looks different next outing. The Jays won two of their first three games on this season opening homestand. 20 of their next 23 games starting tomorrow night in the Bronx are against either the Yankees, Houston, or Boston. There's Whew. a three-gamer against Oakland next weekend thrown in the middle there. Nine of their next 32 games, as a matter of fact, are against the Yankees, and Alec Manoa will take the mound for the Blue Jays tomorrow night in the Bronx. 7.07 first pitch. We'll have it for you on Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Sportsnet radio network, and, of course, Sportsnet television. So the opening series is in the bag for the Blue Jays. Give us a call. The numbers are 416-870-0590, star 590, one This is your safe place if you're a Blue Jays fan. It's a safe place you can call to criticize, to be optimistic. I'd like to focus on the game today in particular, Kevin Barker, because there was so much that went yeah. on in that game, uh, including... Um, well, we'll talk about we'll talk about the home runs, but I, I, I want to talk about the Jays bullpen as well. Uh, you know, look, we know why Taylor Saucedo made this team. I, we know why Trent Thornton made this team. I'm not entirely certain it's a good sign that we've seen Trent Thornton twice in the first three games, in the first three games of, of of the regular season. But I guess I'll ask you: uh, up until today. You know, the bullpen had done some pretty good work. Now, there wasn't a lot of swing and miss. There wasn't a lot of strikeouts. But you got pretty good performances, certainly from Romano. Got a couple of saves. Jimmy Garcia gave you a couple of good outings. Ross Stripling comes in today and didn't have his best control. I thought Joe Siddle made an interesting point during the telecast. It looked as if Danny was was a little fidgety. In the lower part of the strike zone, may have may have taken a couple of a couple of strikes away from Ross, but um, I was thinking, Kevin, watching this game, that's a game that screamed for a guy like Nate Pearson, giving you some length coming coming out of the bullpen and just and throwing a hundred or throwing ninety nine. Yeah, well, I'd rather see him right now than Julian Merriweather. You know, I, I question why Julian Merriweather's throwing ninety five miles an hour. He came in the game, he gave up the double, he gave up the single. Both of those were on ninety five miles an hour. Where's mm-hmm. the ninety eight, ninety nine at? They're right. I just don't think for me anyway, from what I've seen, the changeup will be good enough. The breaking ball will be good enough if it's 95. He needs the extra gear to get the hitters out on the front side. So if he does throw a cement mix and breaking ball, if he does hang a changeup, it's okay. Maybe they foul that off instead of staying through that and hitting that hard. So for me, the 95, whether that's he's not getting loose good enough in the bullpen, you know, he's not fired up enough. Some change needs to happen for – we saw this last year with Jordan Ramon. There was parts of the season where you would see him not coming out with his best stuff. It would be 94, 95, 96, and then he made some adjustments. He calmed some things down, right? He was a little easier when he was coming to the mound, whatever it takes. So when he hits it, it's coming out hot. I just don't see that with Julian Merriweather. So I'm sure Petey and everybody else that's making these decisions are going to try and figure out what that is. Ross Stripling, look, when you throw non-competitive secondary pitches – and if you're Ross Stripling, you're not going to be very good. Now, did Janie Jansen, I saw, you know, what Joe was talking about. For me, it's real hard to extend your arm as a catcher and stick that and 
trick the umpire. It's basically what you're trying to do, especially on a big giant yacker like that. Because if the umpire's seeing that thrown in warm-ups and he notices how much the break is, because the break was a lot. It was just non-competitive out of the hand, and that's why you saw hitters laying off of it. So I don't so much blame Danny as I do. You can't have a leadoff walk on non-competitive pitches, and you got to be better at holding on runners. You just really do. You you got Garcia at first base. You know he's you know he's going to run. He he took a he took an easy lead. He got a big secondary lead, a walking lead, and stole second base. You're a veteran guy. You can't do that. And I'm sure if you asked Ross, he would agree with me. Yeah, and there were a couple of the, not just that that particular stolen stolen base, but it wasn't it it wasn't the best defensive game for the Blue Jays either. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. made a couple of ill-advised throws. Uh, that that prevented the double play from being in order, and, and you know who knows, but you you would have to think that with your quote unquote unquote improved infield defense and Hyunjin Ryu in the mound, you might have a shot at getting at getting a double play. But yeah, as 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 we've talked about in the past, um, you know, I, I think I'm not going to read a great deal into what I'm seeing early in the season from the pitching because I just I just don't know where these guys are compared to where they should be. I I truly don't. And uh, you know, I I I I've looked at some of the starters uh, f- for the first weekend. There have been some guys who scuffled. You know, Garrett Cole had an awful awful first inning. So I I think you need to be a little uh, before you start drawing too many conclusions about guys. You need I I wouldn't even say it, it's not I wouldn't even say it's just because it's the first start of the year. It's just because it's been such a different spring, and we really, truly don't know where guys are. Got to talk about the home runs today. Matt Chapman gets that blast. Danny Jansen gets another one. Vladdy Jr. hits the longest home run of his career so far, if you don't include the 468-foot home run he hit in the All-Star game. Uh... 400 or the, the home run derby 400 467 feet you know the all-star game 467 feet 18 degrees i mean that that was the definition of a laser kevin barker that was the definition of a laser yeah yeah so okay we'll, we'll start with a couple of other guys for me that I, that i noticed that i want to give some love to you, you got to tip your hat to guillermo martinez hunter mintz and dave hudgens they had a good game plan going in with against Spencer Howard. If you notice the Springer at bat, he laid off the elevated fastball with two strikes. He got a cutter right down the middle, back leg city. Uh, Matt Chapman, basically the same exact thing. They know he like he can't handle the – well, I shouldn't say can't. Can't's a strong word. He challenges with the elevated fastball. He lays off that. He gets one right down the middle. He hits the three-run homer. Danny Jansen, the exact same thing. Lays off a ball in, probably a non-competitive pitch, then gets something middle, a little elevated with that little short, compact swing he's got now. He's not missing it. And you mentioned Vladdy. Look, that's that's – that's different. Like the, most human beings, just don't hit balls like that. For me, anyway, he looks slower. He looks like he's made a, a real uh, slower you know, in a good way. You mean? Absolutely. Like you, you notice he he looks basically like he's sitting in a rocking chair, and it's just like he's you know. Uh, up there, just sort of rocking back and forth. You know, they all—they always some some guys talk about you singing a song when you're up there. He looks like that. He just looks like he's nice and easy. His fluition of his gather—it's just—it's all. It just looks like right now it's on time. It's just not rushed. His front foot is easy. It's not choppy. You know, sometimes the flatty's a little rush with everything that he does. He's choppy with the front foot, and when you you know 
throw a ball where that ball was at that doesn't have the velocity that that cutter didn't have, you know, he's going to hit balls like that. He He's a line drive hitter who can hit 50 homers. Like, the, human beings like that just aren't born. I mean, he's just, just a total different animal. So, you know, again, I've noticed that they've tried to make an adjustment by throwing him in off the plate because they're trying to get let him get himself out. And if he can lay off that and get a good pitch to hit, he's going to do things that – you know, or second to none. So there was a lot of good things that happened today. You know, Danny Jansen had a home run. Danny Jansen hit a a double to right center field. He's got that short little compact swing now. You know, he's got the two-handed finish. It looks to me like his swing's a little bit more level. That will allow him to get barreled to baseball. I mean, it sounds like a simple thing, but for a guy that had the season that Danny had last year, it's just nice to see him now at least trying to use the whole field. Now, he's not a line-to-line guy, but what's wrong with going right center to left field line? If he can do that, you know, that'll keep habit. him out of slumps. Absolutely. So a good habit to get into. It, it'll make him a better hitter. He'll get on base more for the big boys up front. 416-870-0590, star 591 we have a quick Blue Jays talk for you today. We are going to turn it over to our friends at Sunday Night Baseball uh, in about half an hour or so. Let's talk about Corey Seegers at bat, the one the, the Rangers helpfully tweeted out the shot of it in social media. I mean, basically it's one-handed because the bat broke. It yeah. takes a swing, the the bat broke he's got the handle in one hand and uh, i guess his top hand he's got the barrel on it or mm-hmm. anyhow bottom line is he singles to to yep. left field now i know my first reaction is barker was going to say that's a strong man and i'm sure it, it is. is a strong man but there's got to be something else there too I, I i've seen that before uh, i saw lyle mouton you remember lyle mouton <sighs> i, I, I played name. with him with the brewers he had a home run in milwaukee and broke his bat exactly like that like the bat went he was holding the handle one-handed and it went, you know, 15 rows up in left center field. So it, it can happen. You know, I, it, my guess is that that was already broken. You know, it's sometimes very hard because of the size of the handles to know whether a bat's broken or not. You know, he, he barreled it up. It wasn't like he hit the ball off the end or he got jammed. You know, maybe when he was loosening up over there, maybe he took a big backswing and, and cracked the bat. So, again, it's, it's you know, these elite guys who have the bat-to-ball skills that a Corey Seager has – you know, can do things like that if they're staying through the baseball. That That's what it's all about. Even though you're not, you know, using the entire bat, sometimes if you can stay through a baseball and you're mechanically sound like he is, you're going to get hits out of it. Mike in Toronto, you want to talk about the bullpen. Hey, uh, Jeff and Kevin, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, just a little worried that we're going to run into these situations the same as last year where the bullpen kind of takes us out of the games. And uh, just again, getting a little worried. And uh, just your thoughts on Charlie turning to Ross Stripling in that point. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have an issue with him turning to Ross Stripling. I think you want to give, you know, give Ross a clean inning. Uh, you want to? You're hoping your team is going to score some runs. You you know you're going into New York. You've got Kikuchi pitching in the second game. You're probably pretty confident in Alec. I hope you're confident in Alec Manoa pitching tomorrow. So I had no problem, Kevin. With I haven't had any problem with it with with the use of the with the use of the bullpen here. I you knew you knew going into today that as much as the Jays may have said that Jordan Romano and, and Jimmy Garcia were available, you knew that they were probably in their heart of hearts wanting to stay away from them today. So I, I had no problem with the way the with the way the bullpen was used today. And, I, and I'm I'm gonna say the same thing, Mike, that uh 
that we've been saying all along. Uh, you 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 got to let this thing play out a bit, but but I think this front office went to school last year. They realized that the reason they didn't make the playoffs is because the bullpen cost them a lot of games and at at one point in the season. Then they went out and addressed the issue and and it seemed to write the ship the to write the ship. The problem is right now, like. You, People are still trying to see what they have. People are going to take 60 games to see what they have. There's a reason all these teams brought all these guys into spring training, right, Kevin? Because everybody scouted these guys, and everybody thinks they can give you something. So you're not going to make major moves in the bullpen. I suppose you could bring somebody up from AAA. I would think after a couple of outings of Trent Thornton, you may bring somebody up. But I don't know. I I, I, I don't know what else I what else I would have done today if I was Charlie? Yeah, see, I'm, I'm normally the first guy to jump all over Trent Thorpe, but you got to give him credit today. I know he's made an adjustment. He's, his finish was a little bit better. You could tell by using the breaking ball. He didn't use as many sliders. You know, he's, it's, it's a tough uh, task when you're trying to keep the slider as a competitive pitch when you're falling off to the first base side as bad as he was. He wasn't doing as much today. He's throwing more breaking balls, so he made an adjustment. You tip your hat a little bit to him. Do you want him in big spots? Absolutely not, but at least he had a, a decent outing today. You know, Taylor Saucedo, for me, he's got to get lefties out. If he's not getting lefties out, why is he in the big leagues? That That's, you know, and what we've seen, he's given up three homers in his first two outings. What what I saw in spring training is not what I'm seeing now. He's not throwing as hard. Breaking ball's not breaking as much. Why is that? That's something they'll have to address. And I'm sure that Charlie and Petey are putting that in the in the bank and saying, "Okay, I got to remember this when push comes to shove. Do I really want to put him in or somebody else?" David Phelps like that. It's mm-hmm. you know all the pitches that he was throwing. He's got lots of them. The knuckle curveball was good. The cutter was really good. The four seamer was pretty good. He threw some sinkers to righties, which was decent. You know the four pitch walk he had. He'll tell you that's a no no. But other than that, you like him. Uh, Stripling, it's again we we can't consistently come on these shows and get mad at guys when what do you really expect from a Ross Stripling? If Ryu would have went five innings, you ain't seeing Ross. Yep. They're going to power. If they have the lead and Ryu's pitches five full innings, which he should have because he was on a roll there the first three innings, he should have went five innings. And You're I'll- not seeing Ross Stripling. So we know we, we take a step back. It's early. I hate to say that, and I'll never say it again, but it is early. And, and you got to understand why they're using certain guys in certain situations. And not only that, you know, and, and I'm going to throw this, this out there as well when it comes to Ross Stripling. You, know, you look at that inning, and Nathaniel Lowe is at the plate. The Jays decide to change how they've been playing him defensively all series. They, 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 they've been, they played Bo on the first base side earlier through the first two games of this series. They change it up. Where do you think the ball goes? Goes yeah. right through that. Goes right through the side where they they may have, yeah they well, may have had a chance. They may have had a chance if they had if they had been playing that the the shift the way they had. So they're just things happen in this game, and you just look at it and go, it's not it's not meant to be. Don't walk the leadoff hitter. That's always a good rule. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. The Jays twelve six losers. This afternoon at the Rogers Center to the Texas Rangers, 31,549 in attendance. We'll be back with more Blue Jays talk. One ball and one strike. The pitch to Guerrero. He swings and he rockets one. Deep left center field. And yes, sir, Vladdy's got his first of the year. 
Another vapor trail left by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. A screaming line drive home run to the second deck in left center field. That was Ben Wagner with the call this afternoon. Screaming is the word 117.9 miles per hour, 467 feet into the WestJet flight deck. A career-long home run for Vladdy Jr. The Jays' offense did its part today. Pitching, not so much. 12-6 the final, the Texas Rangers beating the Blue Jays. Texas averting the sweep. And now the Jays go on to the Bronx for a four-game series beginning tomorrow night at Yankee Stadium. And now the bet 365 standings update. Speaking of the American League East, the Tampa Bay Rays, 3-0. and After uh, a gimme, they had a gimme against the, the, the Baltimore Orioles, the Tampa Bay Rays, 3-0. and Your Toronto Blue Jays are 2-1. and the Red Sox and Yankees play tonight. The Yankees are 2 and 0. Boston is 0 and 2. Bet 365. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. Must be 19 plus. Play responsibly. Ontario only. 416-870-0590. Star 591 888-666-0590. It is Blue Jays talk. Kevin Barker and myself will be with you. After every Blue Jays game this year, we want your calls. Your calls make a difference. Jeffrey in Ferguson wants to weigh in on the bullpen. How are you doing, guys, this evening or this afternoon? What do you think of the bullpen, Jeffrey? You, you're, you're not, uh, you don't seem to be too, too, too worked up or too upset about things. Well, no, no. And, um, I'll tell you, uh, Barker, or no, no, Barker. Uh, well, God love you, Barker. Uh, Blair, I used to listen to you, man, when you used to have your 9 to 11 back in the day. And, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to say this. Uh, hopefully the Blue Jays fans aren't listening. But I remember you saying one time, you said, I covered the Expos for years. I said that a lot. Yes, but, I, but I'm also a White Sox fan. Is that still true? <laughs> <laughs> God love you. So Hold no, it. No, 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 no. A White Sox fan? No, I'm a. Oh God, no. Twins I'm a Twins fan. I'm a Twins they fan. Don't... I grew up in Manitoba. Yeah, I'm a Twins fan. Damn right, I'm a Twins fan. Minnesota for the win. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, I, uh, what I'm. The only thing I'm getting at is yep. covering baseball for a long time, looking at pitchers coming up through the system, this, that, and everything. Um. When Toronto went out and got Gosman, I, I figured when, when Robbie Ray left and he went to Seattle, I said to myself, geez, it's going to take Toronto a few months, or it might take Toronto a season to go out and replace him. I, the money was there, but are you going to go out and get him? Like, are you going to go out and get that replacement? I think uh, Gosman is, is a great replacement. I mean, if you're going to go out and get someone to replace Robbie Ray, they got similar credentials. They only throw differently. Um what I'm getting at is pitching, pitching comes and goes, and I think that the the only problem Toronto has right now, if it is a problem, is the bullpen. Jeez, they, they, they smacked so many home runs and so many hits. Uh, Chapman had a double play, I think, Friday night. Uh, they got good defense. If, if the bullpen is an issue halfway through the season or towards the end, 
Aston's and Shapiro are, I hope, hopefully smart enough to go out and fix it. And uh, I think that that Simber and Richards, they came last year and it was a little bit too late, right? But as you guys started talking about Simber and Richards, geez, they were they were lockdowns. Yeah, we'll throw them in in seventh inning. Yeah, yeah, we'll throw him in the eighth inning. So I think like the bullpen's a good scene. And granted, I mean we haven't seen Kikuchi and Manoa yet, so I mean. Um, right. I really enjoy listening to you guys, and I'll hang up and listen. But I, I really think that, I mean, if the bullpen's the only issue right now, it's a great problem to have. Yeah, Jeffrey, thanks so much for uh, for the call. Uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I know I'm going to get tired of saying this, and I will at some point draw a line on it. But I just can't I, – I, I think we just have to be a little cautious – even more cautious than usual, Kevin, in trying to evaluate things because I know this is going to drive you crazy, but I'm going to say it time and again, because it was a different spring. And yes, I understand with the advancements in medical science and rehabilitation and fitness and all this stuff, I get that, that, uh, that, that professional athletes, baseball players, they have enough tools to stay in shape during a lockout or during an off season or any type of stoppage. But when it comes to pitching, I am a firm believer, Kevin, we need to see, we need to collect a little more evidence about what this is going to mean to the game in general. Before we start, um, you know, jumping to conclusions. And, and I don't know. I mean, look, I, Kevin, we both, I think we both said coming into the, coming into the offseason, the bullpen should, Charlie has better options than he had last year at this time. Sure. I, that's a but great it's call. It's a matter of seeing them work out. Yeah. Yeah. The optimism's great. I, I, and two, I think if you have the lead in the fifth inning and everybody's raring and ready to go that day, I feel good with Richard Simber, Meza, Garcia, yeah. and Romano. Like, if you've got all of those guys lined up and you can use them whenever you want to use them in any matchup you want to use them, like Romano and Garcia are probably your eighth and ninth inning guys. If they're both healthy and are rested the same day, you, you feel good about that. And if you're Charlie, you can mix a match with – you could throw Phelps in there now. I like Phelps today. The cutter, you know, knuckle curveball, that's a good combo. You can get a bunch of guys out that way. So – you know, it's, for me, it's just when you're starting to see the Merryweathers and the Saucedos and the Trent Thorntons. Those are the guys that you you don't really know what you got. When can you use them? Are you only going to see them when it's when it's times like this? Or are you going to see them when it matters? That's you know, the Kev, thing. Yeah, but Kev, I also think I also think part of the deal here is if you're Charlie, you almost have to look at the schedule, look at the matchups, and. You almost have to do some planning. I, I, I don't want to say it's usually it's it's simply a matter of trying to win every series. Try to take two or three, two or three, two or three. Although if you do that, you're going to do, you know, if you do that all year, you're going to play <laughs> six, sixty-seven baseball, right? Yeah. I think you have to be a little, a little picky, and I and I I really hate to say this. I almost think in Charlie's mind, and I and I think other, uh, I think other teams think that way as well. You've almost got an A list of relievers and a B list of relievers. And then you got guys kind of in between like a Ross Stripling, right? So you think you've got a chance to win this game if you can just hold the fort. So you put Ross Stripling in there. Now that doesn't work out today. They get the big league. Now you're going to Thornton. Now you're going to Sacedo. You're not you're you're not going to go to to your A list guys. And frankly, you hope that maybe 
because your team hits so damn well, you hope that maybe you got guys you run into a couple of fastballs and suddenly 12-6 becomes 12-12. I'm not saying you wave the white flag, but I I almost think you do. I think you go, hey, we've won two or three. This is where it is right now. Let's just get through this. We go into New York. Yeah. We got Simber, Richards, Romano are all, are, are all rested. Yeah, you, you, you won two out of three, and two of your starters, one went didn't go an inning, and the other one went three and a third, and you won two out of three. Look, it's, you know, unless you're facing the Orioles all the time, it's very hard to beat a team three times in a row. Just is. Any team. And, you and know, this is a good lineup. You, this is a good absolutely, lineup. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to make good pitches against them. You got to, you know, you got to not fall into any certain patterns. You got to make quality pitches, and when you don't, they make you pay for it. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. The Jays go on to the Bronx for the first of four against the New York Yankees tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet. So, Kevin, the first series of the year, the first abbreviated homestand of the year, it's done and dusted. Jays took two of three. You mentioned not a great start for Jose Barrios. A good start for Hyunjin Ryu that became unraveled very quickly. Kevin Gossman gave you what I expected to see Kevin Gossman give me in this first start of the year after after having pitched in one Grapefruit League game and doing all his work in the backfield. Guys can hit. (laughs) We know that. Hmm. Is it important that guys get that first home run out of the way? Yeah, I think so, depending on who the player is, right? Vladdy didn't probably really care. Yeah, well, you heard Dan and Buck talking about that he's probably getting, you know, picked on by Teo, and then next pitch he hits a, uh, he cracks concrete in left center field. It, you know, it depends on who it is. But again, I, Vladdy, you've noticed it's just it's nice and easy. It's it's he's not pressing. He's letting the ball come to him. He's looking for a good pitch. That's you know the talent that he has, the bat to ball skills, the 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 bat speed. You know he's learning his lower half. He's learning the league. Uh, they're trying to make adjustments too. You know they went in the off season. Every one of the the teams that he's facing, trying to figure out ways to get him out. How do you get him out? It looks to me like they're trying to get him to chase a little in off the plate, a little away off the plate. Maybe he'll chase. He's over aggressive. You know there's runners on base, those kind of things. But he's elite. So. It was for me. I get it out of the way. Then I could go. You know, most of the time when I was playing, it was really cold. You know, you'd be in Buffalo or super cold places. You want to get that first one out of the way. They they did it at home with a dome. That's kind of nice. Uh, yeah, but it's it's always to get off, it's always easier to get off to a good start. I'm sure if you walk up to Danny Jansen and go, "Hey, how you feeling right now?" He's gonna be like, "You kidding me? It's couldn't it's couldn't have started any better." So you got to be you know you got to feel happy with, with where the offense is at and. Just need to iron some things out when it comes to, you know, the bonehead things in the outfield, throwing to the right base, understanding where you're at in the game. You know, you want to keep the runner at first, keep the double play in order. Just right. little we things that, that you want to iron out. Guriel sure. Jr. twice. Yeah. yeah. Just, it, just, it, just, well, just be smart about it. That's all. The defense, leaving aside – Leaving aside Lourdes Gurriel Jr. for a minute, I want to talk about Matt Chapman. We've seen his defense through the first three games. Uh, had some hiccups during the opener. Kind of bobbled one ball, one throw that sailed a little bit. But, Kevin, we saw today in the first inning, uh, the the two ground balls, the balls hit to him with, with Ryu on the mound. Look, we talked about this at the start of the show. Hyun Jin Ryu gives up a lot of ground balls to the third base side. 
uh, and I, and I ran through the list of guys that that have played third base in in games that he started, uh, you know, operating under the assumption that Hyunjin Ryu looks a little bit like the guy we saw when he was going well last year. We really did see in these first three games, didn't we, how much of a difference Matt Chapman can make, and then to come through with that with that that home run as well. It's, yeah, yeah. I th- is, I th- he, he, I, I'm watching Bo in the infield now. Bo look, to me looks completely different. He looks completely settled. Yeah, I think the Chapman thing, he, he's the one guy, if you ask, you know, who who's probably happy that the first three games are over, signed a new deal, the two-year, $25 million. Uh, you know, he's coming. He, he got a big ovation the first day there. Fans are happy to see him here because they know what he could bring to this team, how many homers and the defense he's going to play. It's a lot of pressure on him right early on to to impress and, and try and live up to what, you know, the fans and the, and the organization want him to be. I like him. Like everything he brings defensively and what he can give you at the bottom of the order. He can can put pressure on an opposing manager if he can lay off the elevated hard stuff. That that looks like his kryptonite is something elevated. If he can – because he's a taller hitter. The taller you are, sometimes it's tough to tail up and down in the zone, and you tend to chase elevated stuff. And – if he can make a little bit of an adjustment with that and lay off of that like he did today, you see he laid off it with two strikes. He goes back, you know, they try to go back there. They leave it a little, you know, elevated middle. He's got enough power to do a ton of damage. So he's going to make everybody else around him, including Bo, the pitching staff, and he's going to make the bottom of the order better. Yeah, I like watching Bo out there in these three games, really taking to heart the suggestion that was made to him by Chapman, don't worry about your backhand, I'll get that. You worry about everything else. It's pretty clear that the impact that's having on Bo, and we saw in these first three games as well, the way the Jays are using Bo defensively in the shift. It 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 it, it really is it 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 never ceases to amaze how a premium defensive player can make so but so many other players around him better yeah well it's it's it gives you confidence it tells you that you take care of yourself he's going to take care of a bunch of other things and that's you know even the conversation you can tell between innings he's talking to vladdy Mm -hmm. Uh, look look at the first baseman's the way they catch it and vladdy's given that you know the ball's taken off it's got backspin it's got late uh, carry to it, which is a good thing when you're moving around as much as a third baseman has to. You won't carry on your ball. You won't life on it, and it to a first baseman, you add accuracy to that. He's a, he's an elite defender. Now, I think most of us just assumed that we were going to see starters in general across Major League Baseball going relatively on relatively short stints, not just because it's the way the game is now, but I think with respect to this particular off season and the lockout even more even more of a factor i think we 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 expected to see starters uh, starters go uh, have short outings jeff at woodbine you're understandably you're understandably concerned about this but i I, i'll just ask you this see i have i have two thoughts about this jeff the first is it's one thing when a, a a starter is taken out of the game because the manager has got him on a pitch limit and they they want to keep him on a short outing. That's one thing. To me, it's another thing when you take a guy out in the middle of an inning. You know what I mean? I think it looks worse if you take a guy out in the middle of an inning and he, he's throwing 70 pitches and it's three and two-thirds or something like that. 
compared to if you just simply say to him going into the game, you're on a 70-pitch limit and we'll take you out whenever you, we get there. And it's remarkable the difference between be, having a guy in a short stint coming out after four and a third compared to three and two-thirds. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, so I'm kind of like you, you did mention here, look, uh, first call of the season, guys, uh, let's hope it's a great year. But I, I've been, even before we started the season, I'm a little concerned with the pitching, uh, with Ryu. Uh, I was really kind of, uh, you know, seeing Barrios, who we just signed to seven years and not get out of the first inning. Now I know we've had short times, but we don't need the pitching to get away on us. You know, we can't let this continue if this is a continuing trend. Yeah, but there's hope nothing Manoa, to I just want to say about Manoa that he doesn't bounce uh, because there's, if he does bounce, then I think we got some problems. What do you think yeah, on that? I mean, there's nothing to suggest that the you know the starting pitching will necessarily be an issue from that end. Um, nothing to certainly in the case of Alec Manoa. I mean, I understand that the second year is always there's always a chance it's going to be difficult, but there there's there's nothing to suggest that there's any any reason to be concerned about him. I, I will, you know, I, I, I need to see, I, I need to, we haven't seen enough of Kikuchi. We all, we can read the numbers and we know what happened last year with Kikuchi and we can look at Ryu and we saw what happened at the end of last year with Ryu. Look, nobody is going to say, I don't think that, that, uh, you know, that the Jays are necessarily out of the woods with their starting pitching, but, Kevin, I thought of this. Hyunjin Ryu was a number three starter in this homestand. He wasn't the opening day guy. They're much farther along than they were three years yeah, ago. Much yeah, Je- Jeff makes a, a good point, though, that, you know, it is it is when you talk about contending teams and teams that are, are supposed to go and talked about the way the Blue Jays are, you know, you'd like to have seen Barrios look a little bit better. You'd like to have seen Ryu look a little bit better, be able to get himself out of some tough spots because they're, the, the schedule's going to get a little tougher. You know, you, Oh, it you, does. You, it does. You said who they're playing the next couple of games and, and all of April. It's not going to get easier, and they need some better starting pitching. Now, I will give them – you know, it, it is a, a, a little early for these guys to make in-game adjustments, but you need to, do need to see it. And I think you're going to see Alec Manoa. I think you're going to see him taking the ball like he's mad at somebody. And and for me, anyway, I like that. I, I want to see a little bit of that. Like, how dare you? I don't, I don't like you. I'm going to throw balls right by you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So I think if, if you could say there's a guy in the right spot, he's coming up tomorrow. So the first series of the season – is in the bag. The Blue Jays taking two of three, losing 12-6 today to the Texas Rangers. We mentioned a chance to get off to a 3-0 and start for the first time since 1996. That won't happen. The schedule bites, folks. It really bites. They uh, have nothing but a diet. 20 of the next 23 games. Yankees, Houston, Boston with a little three-game set against Oakland tucked in there. Uh, just to give the boys a little bit of a break. That schedule resumes tomorrow night in the Bronx. 7.07 first pitch. Alec Manoa on the mound for the Blue Jays. Again, the final today, Texas 12, Toronto 6. The Jays 2-1. and one. They go on to the Bronx. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Talk. For Jeff Blair, for Kevin Barker, for Tom Young, for Show, for Andrew back of the mothership, thanks for listening to us. Have a great night.